All right, so what we're going to do tonight, if you have a pen and paper, that's, that'd be great. If you don't and you're interested, I can give you this sheet later, a copy of the sheet later. But So this is a, this is a direct uh, response to a request by Brother Roy. That's what we're doing tonight. Brother Roy asked, he goes, would you please uh, this year not wait until the last Wednesday night or Sunday before the year flips over, the calendar flips over to January to help us think about renewal and setting goals and that kind of a thing, just so that we'll have more time to meditate on it and contemplate on it. It wouldn't be a, a rush thing or a rash thing. And I think that was really a, a good request. And so I want to do that tonight. I was thinking about, well, what do I want to do and what do I want to say? Um, and, and so I think the way I want to approach it with you right now is, is um, it's, uh, to, to just, um, what I'm calling it is just 2024 renewal planning drivers. So, so I just want to give you a series of thoughts that I'm hoping will just drive your thoughts as you get specific and practical and thinking about uh, renewal. You may not be one that responds well to goals. That's okay. We're all made differently. But it certainly is, is, uh, is, is biblical and necessary for every child of God to consider uh, consider where we are, consider ourselves, examine ourselves, and then to seek to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so I just thought, I just want to give you a series of statements. I've got 13 statements, so I have to go kind of fast, but 13 statements that I hope will just sort of drive different thoughts. Some of these will, may not apply to you, but some of them definitely will. Some of them will be, certainly be universal. So the way I categorize it, and my categories aren't always great, but for me it helps me. I did nine that are personal and four that are social. Okay, so it's a nine personal drivers and then four social drivers. When I say social, I just mean beyond just my, my, my own uh, life and walk with the Lord. I walk with the Lord includes relationships and includes um, going beyond just myself. Thank the Lord for that. He gives the church, given us family. He's given us uh, a, a world that we're to be the light uh, unto. And so it's a blessing to be able to live beyond ourselves. Just ask anybody who spends all their time alone. And so let me give you these uh, 13 statements. Again, I can print these out for you if you want them. Uh, I can, we can do that. So we're going to start here. We're starting Romans chapter 12. You probably won't be surprised by that, but it's a very wonderful, powerful, powerful passage in Romans 12. And here's the statement. Um, God's great mercy. Again, these are, these are not concise, so just live with, live with me. God's great mercy compels... My uncompromised service. Okay? God's great mercy compels my full service to Him, uncompromised. But here's the second statement I am not yet uncompromised. So, therefore, we need to be talking about this, right? Therefore, renewal is necessary. As Daddy says, we should always be, not, re, not in a revolution, but we should always be reforming. We should always be changing. We should always be renewing. And here's a passage. Paul is, is uh, beseeching them, and if we had time, we could just walk through the first 11 chapters of Romans. And those 11 chapters is painting the most, um, the most thorough and comprehensive um, understanding of the Christian understanding of what the mercies of God to undeserving sinners look like. We have the great doctrines of predestination and election and justification and faith and, um, and, and, and redemption and the totality of sinfulness. He slays the Jews and he slays the Gentiles and he those great doctrines. And then he begins to describe the reality of life and this tug of war between the flesh and the spirit and the great reality 
that though we are in this tug of war, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, and that we are, um, that, that we are also uh, confident that we will not be separated from the love of Christ, love of God in Christ our Lord, and then this prayer, even as he defends and stands strong for God's predestinating love, this great prayer and desire for all, because uh, we don't know who all the elect are, for all Israel to be saved, and then this great declaration of the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God raises up ministers of the gospel to come and proclaim how beautiful on the mountains of the feet of those who preach the good tidings, publish good tidings in Romans 10, and, um, and then this calls, so how, how shall they believe if they don't hear? And how shall they hear if we don't preach? And so the call is to go and to preach the gospel. And then he comes down here to chapter 12, and he says, as that is true for you, I beseech you, I beg you, that you would present your bodies, as your whole person, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy Set apart, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Nobody would question this. Nobody would argue with this. If God has given such mercy to us, it's unquestionable that we would give our whole selves to him. And then, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That's this metamorphosis, this yielding. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the, 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 the heartbeat of every um, child of God should be, Lord, I want to be transformed every day. I want to be made more and more like Jesus Christ. And that occurs as we renew ourselves, as we renew our minds with the, with the power of the Holy Spirit. We are changing the way that we think and changing the, 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 uh, the way that we behave and changing the way that we respond all in conformity to Jesus Christ. And guess what? Guess what? That doesn't happen naturally, does it? Anybody get any ruts? Anybody get any habits? Anybody catch yourself saying the same thing the same way again and again and, and still hitting a, a, a dead door? Of course we do. A, a locked door? Of course we do. And so he says, renew your minds. Okay? So God's great mercy compels my uncompromised service, and I am not yet uncompromised. So therefore, we need to renew. Let, let that be a driver of your thoughts. Secondly, here's the second one. God has created an environment for me to spiritually thrive. That's a universal statement for every child of God, wherever you are. So if there are children of God, this is, this is pretty extreme, but there are children of God who are regenerated, I don't know if there are or not, and that little difficult situation we talked about with those young children, God has still created an environment in which we can spiritually thrive. Now, if you are blessed to be under the sound of the gospel regularly, if you are in a healthy congregation that is committed to the word of God and the worship of God and the care of the one another, care of the membership, if you are in a home where there are two believers in Jesus Christ who are joined in marriage, imperfect, if you are amongst a group of friends who love Jesus Christ, then this just goes on exponentially true. But 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says this, The same one who has given you this like precious faith through the righteousness of Christ, 
according, this is verse 3 of 2 Peter 1, according as His divine power. Now, again, we've got to rush through this, but just consider that thought for a minute. According as His divine power. And I love to hear Daddy preach about that. The, the power that, that created the world, the power that uh, resurrected Jesus Christ, um, the power that spoke uh, death to life, the power that does a new birth, His divine power hath given unto us, it's our gift received from Him by God, we have it by faith, unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Praise the Lord for that. You have what you need. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and a bunch of other things God has given You have everything you need for life and to be like Jesus Christ. Now, that's so important to to, to recognize. That's why I put it number two. This is a very important driver because we are expert excuse makers. And we are expert procrastinators. And we can have all kinds of reasons why I can't fully pursue godliness because either, you know, I'm in school, I'm having to study too much, or I have a difficult spouse, or I have a stressed out life, or I have a very busy job. No, 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 friend. God has given to you through His power everything you need to pursue godliness. Okay? So, 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 so to take that and say, start chipping away at the excuses. Okay? Number three, this is a, a very clear one, but, but it's important. Time is quickly passing. And God has saved you to redeem that time. A lot of scriptures, I, I, I reference Ephesians 5, 14-17, where he says, and earlier he says, to walk in love as dear children. You're the children of God. Praise the Lord for that. And he goes on to talk about uh, fighting, fighting sin and, um, and um, turning away from the evil works of, of iniquity and not having anything to do with them. And then he says, awake thou that sleepest. You're, you're, you're in a slumber right now. Wake up the sleep and arise from the dead. You have the power to do that. And God, Christ shall give thee light. And he says, be sure to walk circumspectly. So in wisdom, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. That means that, I love this thought. It means that, that, that for every, Romans 1 says it, for everybody who is not in Christ, this gift of time is a, is a waste. You're wasting the most precious thing God has given you. Completely just, just been given this gift and it's been thrown in the trash and broken to pieces. And that's who we are, with who we are, are, are all by nature. Incredible time wasters that God has given. And Christ has redeemed us so we can reach into that trash and have this time given back to us. That is, I love to talk about Claude Ewing, who we all love Claude Ewing. We were talking about this with Ty the other day. And, and it's always so instructive to me that, to know that Claude Ewing's first 41 years were terrible. And nobody remembers that. Because his next 41 years were, were redeemed. He was redeeming the time. He's buying back. Isn't that beautiful? So that the legacy of this man... Is not the waster. But the legacy of this man is that was a God fearing man. That's a man I want my sons to emulate. 
That's a man that I still reap from. Praise the Lord for that. You can do that. You can redeem the time. And so this is really about inspiration, but it's also about prioritization. Okay? So redeeming the time looks like something. It looks like real seconds and real minutes and real hours and real activities that are chosen and real activities that are discarded. Okay? So you've got to give some thought to that. God, in other words, has redeemed your priority list. Okay? God has redeemed your bank of activities has redeemed it so that you can and is expecting you to prioritize it in a way that leaves this redemption time picture, okay? Number four, this is, goes right along with it, God is expecting me to grow, okay? That's very important. God is expecting me to grow, to grow in grace. That means that my, you know, that means that, that, that we can't fall on the crutch of saying, well, I'm just an angry person. Okay? You just can't do that. God is expecting that to change. Okay? God is expecting us to grow in grace. Now, I, I don't mean that God is expecting you to change your personality. What I mean is God is expecting you to come to Him in repentance, come to Him in confession, and then come to Him to learn. We're disciples of the Lord. Okay? So God said, Lord, I need your help to truly get hold of it, to master this problem I have with anger. So that, yes, I want to be quicker to repent of it, but I also want to be more skilled in recognizing that it's coming, grabbing a hold of it, subduing it, you know, casting it down below me, and having victory over it for your glory. Okay? So God is expecting you to grow, me to grow in grace and in knowledge of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you this, His Word, we spend a lot of time on this, it's beautiful, isn't it? His Word is and always has been His primary instrument for my growth. First Peter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. So I just want to say this, as you're driving this train, you're going to have to examine your and you can only do it honestly, you're going to have to examine your relationship with God's Word. Okay? You're going to have to do that. If you're going to grow, it will be connected to God's Word. So you're going to have to examine it and then have to do something about it. So I'm not going to throw a lot of suggestions about that tonight, but I would just say this. I would say this. You need to be honest with yourself about, about how much you're actually growing and learning in the Word. And then you either need to go get some help about that how can I push this differently or try something different, okay? If that means that I'm going to spend, you know, um, 2024 in Second Peter, great. That's what it means. If that means I'm going to spend 2024 in the whole Bible, great. But God is expecting us to grow, okay? Number five. Oh, I did this already. Um, well, I'll say it again. I must prioritize, okay? Here's the second part of it. This is the part I really want to... Okay? At the top of the list of prioritization must be eradicating the darkness that's in my life. Okay? So if there is darkness in our lives, I mean sin. I mean sin that continues to crop up. I mean sin that we know about it or maybe we're, 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 we're uh, uh, harboring it or just not having success over it. God is expecting you to eradicate it and God will help you do that. In fact, when, you, when, when you're able to eradicate it, you'll say, oh, glory be to God. 
Okay? So read Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 13. It's a very important passage. I won't read it right now. So whatever the darkness is, if, it's, if the darkness is just attitude, if it's um, laziness, if it's bitterness, if it's whatever it is, God is expecting us to eradicate the darkness. It has to be a driver in our renewal. Number six, this is important. All of them are important. I can face my inadequacies with hope. Praise the Lord for that. You go, it's 2023. I've, been, I've done 49 of these. <laughs> so I'm on number 50 now. And, and here I go again. This, this thing's been on the list for 47 years now. And God says, that's okay. I, I'm still with you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. He said, you can be transformed. So I want to encourage you to have hope in this. I want to encourage myself to have hope in this. Sometimes we would rather just not face it because it's like, I just feel so dog guilty. I, I, I feel so, so, so like such a waster. Maybe that's true. Look at that. Be honest about it, and then with hope, attack it. Um, next, number seven. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I can face my inadequacies with hope. Again, there's nine sort of personal ones and then four social ones, so we have three more personal ones. We talked about the word earlier. Let me say this. Number seven. The more I pray, the more I resemble Jesus. Okay? And I can just add to that. The more I pray, the more the, the six other ones can get a lot easier, right? Your strength is, listen, you may find a great technique for Bible reading this year. That's great. That's not going to be your strength. You may find some good tools overcoming anger. That's great. That won't be your strength. You may be able to quit drinking. That's great. That won't be your strength, your willpower. The, the, the put-offs, that we've heard many times, the put-offs are not only must be replaced by, but the put-offs are actually empowered by the put-ons. It's when our affection is turned. It's when what, what we desire. What 1 Peter 2, 2 says, again, it's not just the, the word that the word does make you grow, but it's the desire for the word that really produces the growth, right? So, spending time with God I had a conversation with a young lady today, and she was talking about how that she, she went on a fast from secular music for a month, just for, just for no reason. And, and it just happened to be that while she was, just happened to have a, a song, a, a, a hymn playing, that suddenly she started to contemplate that hymn and, and was amazed by the hymn. And then began to, to spend some time just writing down some thoughts about the hymn. And the Lord has been renewing her mind in a wonderful way over these last, these last weeks or whatever, how, how long it's been. And I thought, well, that's wonderful. That's that we ask the Holy Spirit to work. But how does the Holy Spirit usually work? It's usually not magic. 
It's usually through obedience. So instead of filling her mind with stuff that either was, and here's what I told her to do. I said, I, said, I want you to go, and I want you to pick one of the songs that you've been listening to. Just a, a song you listen to over the years regularly. And I want you to spend the same, not the same amount of time, but I want you to spend some concentrated time just examining those lyrics and just see where that takes your mind. And then compare the two. And here's the thing, friends. What we take into our minds becomes a part of who we are. It just is. And so the, the, the more you pray, the more you're, you're talking to the Lord, the more you're taking in His Word, the more you're going to resemble Him. And it's, it's not just, and it's, it's this resembling that is, that is a living thing because you're enjoying His presence. You're trusting Him more. So prayer. And then uh, number eight, um, we talked about the word earlier. I, I, when I talked about the word earlier, I really meant just devotion time in the word. So the next one is this. Um, what I know, and so I, it's, it's just a challenge to, to dig into the word this year to learn truth. What is true on whatever subject? And dig into the word for that. What you know determines what you do. Titus 1.9, Titus 2.1, Timothy 4.3, where Paul is just saying, Timothy, you've got to know sound doctrine. It's going gonna, it's gonna to matter. It's going to matter in your walk with Christ, in your understanding of how to teach others. What you know determines what you do. So if you're ignorant tonight, if you're ignorant about the deity of Christ, if you're ignorant about redemption, if you're ignorant about reconciliation, if you're ignorant about it, it's, 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 it's time. It's time. It will, what you know will determine what you do. And by the way, I'll just put this with it. What and who you know will determine what you do. So, great. Study the Word. If it's, if it's disconnected from a, 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 a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we're submitting to Him and loving Him and worshiping Him, it won't do anything. So that, that's sort of an assumption, but it shouldn't be an assumption. It's a what and who you know. Okay? And then the last one, this has really got nothing to do with the Word right now, but here's, here's it is. Proverbs 1.5, a wise man continues learning. And so this is my yearly, my yearly call to read. <laughs> read, read history, read, um, that's what I love. Uh, but, but to continue to expand your understanding of the world around you, of how it works, of, of, of big uh, things that have affected the world over history, read. A wise man continues learning. Always be a learner. All right, that's the nine personal ones. Here are the four social ones. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. We don't have time to really read through this, but I'll just tell you what Ephesians 6 talks about. It talks about the mundane. Ephesians 5 really does too in a lot of ways. just husband and wife uh, relationships. So just the day after day after day of husbands and wives living together and children obeying their parents and honoring their father and mother and fathers loving their children, not provoking them to wrath, but bringing them up in the nurture and admission of the Lord, and, and, and people going to work, or this place servants and masters, um, which is sort of analogous to, to, to employees and bosses, and, um, and, and just, just regular life. And here's what this says. The mundane is powerful spiritual engagement. Ephesians 6 is all about spiritual warfare. Okay? It's... it's uh, it's wrestling with the principalities of darkness and the spiritual wickedness in high places. Isn't that just... I mean, there's been the Pretty books have been written about that and sold millions and millions. That's just, that's just fantastical, isn't it? 
and it's real. There, there really is wickedness going on in high places and, and spiritual darkness around us. And, and where we're engaging in that, yes, we're putting on the faith and the armor, but where we're engaging in that on a day-by-day basis is in the mundane. The mundane. I'm talking about relationships. So what you're doing when you are, if you're a parent tonight, you are involved in powerful spiritual engagement. If you're a spouse tonight, you're involved in powerful spiritual engagement. If you're an employee tonight, if you're an employer, you're involved in powerful spiritual engagement. And so really this is just a call to recommit ourselves, right? If, if you're in, brother, I loved your prayer for the young marriages. So I would turn to the youngest marriage we have here right now, Schaefer and Jenna. You, you've been at it for however many, six months or so, however long it's been, and you may feel like, you know what, I kind of, kind of know how, how the rhythms of it now, and I can kind of start to flow. Don't. 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 Um, develop your relationship. Um, and work through your problems. And, and continue to communicate. And continue to pray for one another. And continue to seek to learn one another. And never stop. It's powerful spiritual engagement. Friends, families... We're, are, as I said many times, families are the first. It's a building block. It's the societies don't exist without families. They don't. Too often, and even in our own church, we have families that are struggling right now. And I just want to tell you, the mundane, what you're doing on a day-by-day day is super, super important. Okay? So just let that be a driver of your thoughts. Um, secondly, ministering in the body results in the body's growth including mine. So we're talking about our own growth. We've got to be thinking about ministering to, in the body. Ephesians, this is Ephesians 4. Let me just read to you Ephesians 4.12. A lot of these are out of Ephesians tonight. Ephesians 4.12, this is really, let me just read this. Verse 11 says, He gave some apostles and prophets of the gifts to the church, and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting and for the maturing of the saints. For this work, I hope you always understand this, you see the word ministering, you go, oh, that's ministers, that's not me, I get to be out of this. No, 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 he's talking about you. Okay, so the, the, God has given these gifts to teach you to preach messages like tonight that you might then be equipped to go out and minister. The ministering in the body results in the body's growth, including mine. So, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, it's the building up of the body of Christ, till we all, listen to the goal, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, this is this gargantuan goal here, to we're all as one, as one trusting in the Lord, walking with Him, and measuring up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. So Christ's grace filling us, all of us, together. And it happens together. That's what He's saying. It can't happen. Does it happen alone? It happens together as the body is ministering. And so I would just, uh, I would just call you to ministry. Ministry within the body. That can look like hospitality. It can look like prayer. It can look like phone calls. It can look like visits. It can look like uh, exhortation. It can look like a rebuke. It can look like ask, help, ask for prayer. It can look like confession of sin to another. It can look like going to the hospital. It can look like sending a card. It can look like a lot of different things. It can look like, I would really love this for you to find, if you're an adult today, to you to find, if you're an adult man, to find one young man to, to pour into this next year. I would love that. 
would love that. If you're an adult woman, to find one young girl to pour into this year. If you're a young girl, to find one adult woman to say, will you spend some time with me this year? And to see the body growing, maturing. Okay? All right. This is related, but, uh, uh, but uh, um, the more I serve, the more I resemble Jesus. Okay? So the more I pray, I resemble Jesus. And the more I serve, I resemble Jesus. Read Philippians 2, first eight verses. Read Matthew 20, 28. But the more I serve, the more I resemble Jesus. The more I seek to be served, the more I reserve death, the more I resemble death, right? And that's, that's the old man. The old man seeks nothing more to be served. But the more I serve, and by the way, I should probably add this, the more I serve in faith, put it that way. Lord, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for your glory. I'm not doing it for acclaim. I'm not doing it for notice. I'm not doing it um, to, just to, for, as a, at a duty or to get, feel like I'm getting my ducks in a row. But Lord, I'm, I'm doing this for the glory of Jesus. I'm going to serve and for love for others. Because Christ, friends, Christ's service was born out of love. John 13. The greatest service before he went to the cross was the feet washing, right? How's it start? And having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them to the end. I just love that. He loved them to the end. So the more you serve, the more you resemble Jesus. The last one is this. Jesus, or God, whatever you want to say it, the, Jesus receives glory when my light is uncovered. Here's sort of the thought process here. I hope that we will develop more and more and more a sense of God's expectation for us to actually be lights in the world. So I'm talking about having a more evangelistic spirit, a, a greater prayer for encounters, a greater boldness to speak in the name of Jesus, a greater love for those who are clearly lost and need to be found, a greater thirst for uh, to see God bring his elect into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He says, so um, uh, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it may give light to the house. So let your light shine that others, that's the whole purpose, that others, we want the others. Who are the others? Others are the ones that don't know Christ. That others may see your good works and then bring glory to your Father, which is in heaven. And so I, 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 I know um, I, I, we can just have to admit it. We have to admit that, that, that at times, um, because we rightly um, have emphasized the, um, you know, the, 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 the reality, praise the Lord, that he will not lose any of his sheep, we have underemphasized what Romans 10 says, and what God has called us to be is the light of the world, that God is pleased to bring that faith to light, to reality, through the preaching and the heralding of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And we are in a dying world, a dying, decaying world, and we have the most precious, he says it in Corinthians 4, we have this, the treasure of the gospel in earthen vessels, the power might be of God and not of us, but we have a treasure, a treasure that is meant to be 
shared with all those who will receive it, and all those who will receive it will receive it because God has prepared their hearts to receive it. We can go with confidence in sharing the word uh, and, and preaching the word and teaching the word and speaking of Christ. And so I, I, know, I know that um, I can sing ashamed of Jesus and mean every line because there have been plenty of times that I've been ashamed of Jesus Christ. And friends, it is high time we not be ashamed of Jesus. If we truly believe that he's the way and the truth and the life and this world is imbibing lies, lies from the father of darkness, but the father of lights has shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have something that we need to be telling, sharing, rejoicing, and living by. So let that be a driver of your thoughts. Lord, I want to maybe just pray. I want to become more bold this year, and I'm going to practice it. I'm going to do it in the restaurant or whatever. Um, that's it. It's 13 thoughts. Just drive your thoughts this next month about renewal.